Wushu, White People, and Jonathan Jacob Jingly Smith. You know that's right. It's season five, episode one of this podcast and of Psych. And it starts right about now. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back. And I mean, welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe, riding shotgun in the blueberry with me. As always, is my hunkin' crime. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a new intro on the other one, so oh, you can now take I over as the hunkin' crime. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. You're the new, you're the new hunkin' crime. The flower, the fleur, the ability. How's it going? It is going great. And yeah, it's been a while, but we are back, baby, and we are back big. Um... This episode, I fucking love. But before we get that, uh, you know, we've been gone. We've missed some stuff. We missed the uh, the death of Sweet Lizzie, oh. um, Queen Elizabeth, uh, where they have a hilarious psych episode. We tweeted a little video about that out. And Joe is now four or five time defending champ in the Stein Hoisting Championships, where there was no funny business. Straight up no. win. Yeah, that was that was for you, Billy. <laughs> that was that was for you. I had to win this one, and I had to win it clean, and I had to win it legit. Well, in fairness to you on all the other ones, everybody else was doing the same thing and worse. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and and as 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 you know, there was someone bumping into me, right? Yeah, bumping into me. So I, you know, thankfully, battle for adversity. I had my people, you know, I had my handlers, you know, take care of it, and then some woman was trying to say like. You know, oh, you're you're bending your elbows. You're no, no, no. That was clean nah. as a, that was as clean as a, a fucking win as you're gonna find. And uh, you know, you know, Pete Blackburn kind of tapped out a lot earlier than I thought. Oh, very early. He showed oh, yeah. my level of stamina out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, just for those of you uh, that were hip to the me and Doc argument, I said one thing. I put Doc apostrophe <laughs> or, or uh, asterisk called asterisk. And then he attacked my manhood. So. I did. I did. I uh, suffice it to say, sometimes I can get a little emotional, a little irrational, <laughs> and I can take things to an nth degree. And uh, yeah, uh, so I had what I had. Good but, fun. but but I had to win. I had to win legit, and I had because I had to, to, to prove to everyone that I could do it. And uh, sadly, I won't be able to go to the uh, the national, the regional, uh, whatever it is, Stein hoisting competition that went to the second place finisher who was holding a child while he was doing it that was pretty impressive that was pretty impressive the good guy we should have let him win but i said fuck it no i i, I can't i can't have billy d uh throwing more asterisks <laughs> at me so i gotta i gotta take the bacon home <laughs> no it was great uh great time had by all at idle hands uh one of our uh favorite breweries in the area that we go and frequent but uh that's uh what you missed and now we're back for is this your favorite season of Psych? I think it is my favorite season of Psych. This and I think this in season six, because uh, season six has like it, it's got Last Night Gus, it's got Whip Chatterley. Like, there's a lot of really great episodes. But I think this, if I were to, you know, gun to my head, gun to my, uh, you know, gun bit, head. Uh, I would say season five um, mm-hmm. is my favorite. It's it's and this is one of my one of my favorite episodes because this just has so many like like legit laugh out moments it's got my wife's favorite moment in it too um so let's let's dive in billy as if we were at a wedding and we had too much to drink and we walked into a lake 
Let's dive right in. <laughs> very inside <laughs> so we, baseball there. Yeah, very, 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 very. Uh, and I can make that joke because the said person uh, who fell into a lake uh, does not listen. Um, we are discussing uh, Psych Season 5, Episode 1, Romeo and Juliet and Juliet. And a quick synopsis. And I think they're getting better, too. IMDb mm. is starting finally getting better with their synopsis here. Uh, Sean and Gus find themselves caught between two rival Chinese triad families as they search for one of the leader's abducted daughter. Uh, meanwhile, Sean's father, Henry, joins the police department in charge of the consultants, Sean and Gus. Juliet also deals with the lingering traumatic effects from her of her kidnapping in last season's finale. Um, so quick thoughts here i mean i thought they did a really good job with with the recap to start the episode but then like this was one of the better episodes with juliet where she wasn't in it a ton mm -hmm. but i think it really elevated her character a bit it did because they just played on it enough to show you that she was really struggling and even though this is a continuous story it's not like seinfeld necessarily where you can just kind of pick up on every episode um they did a really nice job of building that into her character where you can watch any psych episode if you want kind of one off. It's kind of you don't need a whole lot of character information to enjoy it, but to enjoy it to the fullest and the way that I think they intended it. This was a nice one to really round her into form because it's not often we see Juliet or Lassiter really being weak in any way, shape or form. Right. And, and, and what it does going forward with her character is. I don't know. I feel like there's a shift in her character from sort of season four finale this episode on because before we, we we've gotten jewels and sometimes she's a little she's a little mousy or they show her being sort of timid a little bit or like for like I feel like her character from here on out is 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 as strong as her character can be if that makes sense i didn't word that properly but like she shows great strength like really from this point on and i think her character uh she stands up for herself a heck of a lot more in the seasons coming she asserts herself uh a lot more uh from this point on and so like i think her character just sort of you know is elevated a couple of notches as a result of uh you know the season four finale yeah, they put her in a, in a big spot there, and then they kind of break her down to build her back up. And by the middle of the season, she's dating Ducklin Ran. And then <laughs> by the end of it, you know, we're not quite um, full Sean and Jules. They're still in hiding, I believe, until about season six, right? That's when Lassie finds out for sure, I think, in the season six premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we get, like, the whole, you know, Jules building herself back up getting with Sean, Gus finding out, and then eventually Lassie finding out. So this is a big season for the show because this is yeah. when they're the Ross and Rachel's uh, Sam and Diane kind of happen. Yeah, and it's great because we've been talking about this now for four seasons and they've played it perfectly. And the payoff that we'll get uh, later on is absolutely tremendous. Uh, another thing about, you know, from watching this episode, I mean, I've watched this episode a ton, but I've really watched it a ton um, over the past few weeks is that it's a borderline racist episode. Very, very. Could not. <laughs> I wouldn't play well today. No, and, and by borderline, I mean a lot. And you know, at the time, you know, and it, it still is. A, you know, it's it's not in poor taste. It's just they really, really, really like harp on. They ham up the Asian humor. 
Oh yeah, and this and, and the stereotypes. They mm-hmm. just they they go all in. And so could they pull that off today? Probably not. But this was what 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around there. So like, you know, we weren't canceling as much shit back then. But um, this, yeah, this definitely probably wouldn't play today. But and they even reference it in the show, like yeah, borderline racist. No, that was definitely yeah. Racist. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this episode was uh, written and directed by Steve Franks, uh, and you can tell. I mean, it's mm-hmm. this is this is quintess. This is a quintessential psych episode. The humor is is on point, and and one of the other things I, that stood out in this episode was the fight choreography. That was great. Oh, they did a great job in the music. Like everything about like it was just everything. All the points were hit. Uh, the fight scenes were great. Um, a little and, bit of the 300 style too, where they sped it up, slowed it down, looked really good. Yeah, and we get we get that Matrix bullet time, you know, mm-hmm. shot at the end there with with the sword. But this is like the humor in this just doesn't stop from beginning to end, and it's just I don't know this this episode puts a big old smile on my face every time I watch it. Yeah, right. It's classic comedy, and yeah. you know, Steve Franks usually takes care of the season finale and the season premiere, which is what we're dealing with here. And it, again, from a Asian humor standpoint, probably doesn't stand the test of time, but there's still enough funny stuff around it that it's a delightful episode. Uh, Sean's great. Gus is great. Lassie and Jules, again, a little bit, not so much into it. And a lot of guest star, well, a lot of like, you know, supporting actors in this episode to play all of the roles, but none of them really stood out too much except kind of a recurring guest star. And we'll just get to him. Our standout guest star, uh, Jerry Shea, who is Ken, who's fucking hysterical. He's hysterical because so there's a lot of Asian actors in this episode. And, and so, you know, he's your, your, your quintessential, you know, Chinese American, you know, first generation, you know, here, uh, you know, Chinese American, born and raised, and so like his parents are, you know, you know, off the boat Chinese, and you know, it's it's, and, and so he's like, he's very American, very very American, and he's 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 a great uh, foil in this episode because like he doesn't do anything, but Sean and Gus continue to like just put him in bad situations. And I mean, everything about it is great. And so it, you, you meet him right off the bat. Um, they hired an assistant. They have to let him go uh, after four days because now that Prick Henry is back uh, and, and now it says he was never the there. We found out. <laughs> well, we're just we're just scratching the surface. Uh, he won't, you know, give Sean and Gus any jobs. So uh, <laughs> they, they've got to let him go because they're not making any money. And they decide to do good cop, bad cop. And no, they don't, actually. Well, well, <laughs> well who's bad cop? In this exchange, yeah. I absolutely don't. Because what we have in season five, Billy, is Fat Sean. We do. Full fat. And Fat Sean's the best. And he says, you're the unscrupulous penny-pitching boss with a chip on your shoulder and mommy issues. And I'm the nurturing, confident type who likes... Uh, uh, who's like, dude, Gus is a jerk, but I've got your back. Together we'll take this sucker down. I just love when they start doing it, and he goes, "Oh my god, you're doing good cop right now." And he goes, "Yep, yeah." And what we get in this episode too is we get the best Gus 
we've had in a while because we haven't mm-hmm. had like this Gus. We didn't have him all season four. He was just sort of, you know, just playing sidekick and he'd have a couple of lines here and there. But like in this episode, he is back to being full Gus. And we're going to talk about one of those scenes, you know, in a bit, because that might be one of the greatest Gus scenes, um, you know, in the history uh, of psych. Um, oh, so Jesus Christ, Billy. Okay. So we stand, we, we talked about the standout oh, guest yeah. star mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, you know, what we missed. You tell people of a process. Yeah. It starts with a holla. It ends with a cream skull. And then if there's a little time in between a little Thundercats. Oh, oh! so <laughs> I see we, we're off. finding our footing. We're getting back and, and just, you know, it's a tease ahead. We'll be back next week and then short break. And then, but like, just quickly, because I just got to do this real quick. So we're talking season five. This is episode one. We we, we skipped the, our process, but just to go through season five real quick. Romeo yes. and Juliet and Juliet. Doing it now. Right it's great. Feet don't kill me now. Good Lord. Another one of my favorite all-time psych scenes in this episode. Not even close encounters. Great. Unreal episode. Chivalry is not dead, but someone is. That's a top four episode maybe for me. Oh, wow. Un- believable episode yeah it's a great one <laughs> um sean gus in drag racing yes phenomenal fantastic and then viagra falls i mean viagra falls for mm-hmm. me is a mount rushmore episode i would put it in my top 10 for sure then we have fairy tale Creek, Creek, Creek. um great uh, then we have my favorite episode of all time, Sean 2.0, one, maybe two ways out extradition, the actual extradition in plain fright, dual spires. We'd like to thank the Academy, the polarizing express dead bear walking, which I think is severely underrated and Yang in 3d. So this season just listing it off is amazing. And to get back to this episode, like the kickoff of this episode, even the cold open is fucking fantastic. Yeah, and all out of all those ones you've rattled off, there's two on there that I can think of would probably be in my bottom of the season, and they're still fucking bangers of episodes. Mm-hmm. Like this is gonna be this is gonna be the toughest season to rank so far because I could have a handful of these. It's like, oh, I could put this at one, or oh, I could put this one at one, mm-hmm. I could put this one at one, right? Um, and the extradition is when we get um the big kiss and then um uh, the fright night is when you know they actually you know let Gus know what the hell's mm-hmm. going on. But we're jumping ahead. Uh, cold open here. Um, absolutely love it. We got young Sean and Gus. They're being uh, their backs up against the wall by some bullies, and uh, Sean's you know peacock. He's puffing puffing out his chest, and I'm warning you guys. Gus knows karate. To which little Gus goes, I don't know karate. I know wushu. Or Mushu. I spell it about a thousand different ways um, in our doc here, Billy. Um, but he goes, that's like karate, right? And he goes, no, it's different. <laughs> and that that running gag all episode long about Sean, you know, getting everything I've mixed only up. only had two lessons. <laughs> and think, it's the same thing. No, it's not. It's absolutely brilliant. And then we have the, the, the Sean having to fire Ken, uh, which was great. Uh, and then a little thing I love here. Uh, that they do in the cold open is now that Henry's working at the police department, um, him and Lassie getting into a bit of a turf oh, war in great. terms of, of their desk. 
And Lassie just goes, did someone move my desk a quarter of an inch or something, you know, something like that? No. Nope. And Henry's like, no, no. And they start going back and forth. And I, and I think Henry says something to the effect of, I know what happens. To you. I know what's happening to your neighbor's squirrels. Yep. Right. And then just but the you look, don't tell uh, me what to do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so like that back and forth, like the the Henry Lassie dynamic is is just as good as the Sean and uh, Lassie dynamic. Um, and then just overall, like uh, the great use of uh, use of music and sound to create suspense. Mm-hmm. So like we've had a lot of comedy right out of the gate here. And then when they sort of bring it in to show you like, okay, what the case is actually going to be about. Um, Psych does this, I think, better than any other sitcom drama show on TV. This is not hyperbilly. This is just fucking facts, people. Psych's use of music and and their, 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 it's better than anything else. It's absolutely tremendous. It's James um, Gunnian. Yeah, it really is, right? And and so what we get here is you get this big scene of a Chinese festival uh, that's going on, and you see what looks to like to be some very important people, and then you see a hooded figure or you know, dude wearing a hoodie, and he and he's par pouring mm. around all over the place, <laughs> and uh, more inside baseball, and uh, he you you see a young you a young woman go missing. And the very important man looks very pissed. Like you can tell, okay, his daughter or maybe his young wife, it's hard to tell at this point, uh, is being kidnapped. And boom, we get we get right into it. So I just thought they did a great job with the uh, with the cold open here. And they actually do when you rewatch it again, you can kind of see in her face, like to the casual viewer the first time, it's like, oh, this girl got got. But yeah. when you see her face on upon rewatch. It kind of gives you like the, huh, maybe they did a very good job of like, it's an expression that could be like, oh, let's get out of here because that's what it was. Right, right. And and if you couldn't tell by the title of this episode, you know, what we're getting is a Romeo and Juliet uh, type and Juliet. story and Juliet. And <laughs> again, that's another thing that Psych does really well when they're when they're playing off a particular theme or they're satirizing or they're spoofing something. Uh, they do a really good job you know, really good job at it. So, you know, what we get here, we mentioned it before is that we see Jules. She's back, but she's not black. Not she's. I know she's not black. She's not back. Fucking a clip that that's a fucking slip. Um, and she's dealing with some shit right from the end of uh, season Yang. four there and from Yang. And so I thought that was a great little subplot. You always get on me saying I don't like these little subs, these little side stories. This one was excellent. You know, with the, with Sean and Gus trying to bring her back into a case, with Lassie trying to bring her back into a case and do his taxes, um, and then the way Chief Vic goes about trying to bring her back, um, that's excellent. Billy, you might be muted. Yeah, yeah, I think you bumped your mic. There we go. Goddamn mic. Yeah, you gotta stop stroking that thing. It's a little bulbous, um, and. What we get to right off the bat here is that Henry and Sean uh, uh, or Henry won't hire uh, Sean and Gus on the case. No, he won't. And Joe, if you can talk for a second, because I already lost yep. a good mic. God damn it. OK, so <laughs> what we have here is uh, it. so you get that little cold open, you know, where the girl goes missing and then. We we're at the police station. You get that little interaction, and then the 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 man you see from the cold open is now standing at Chief Vic's office, and he very much appears, like I said, to be a very important man. And he wants to know what the um, Santa Barbara Police Department are going to do about it. 
Chief Vic says they're gonna, you know, she's gonna put her best guys on it. Sean and Gus come in and uh, you know, state their case. And Chief Vic says no. And then she asks Henry, the consultant, and he says no. And then Sean and Henry decide to have a little beef here. And Sean's like, what the hell? And I love I love this fucking line here where he go- where Henry goes, uh, hey kid, have you heard of the term persona non grata? What does food have to do with this? Brilliant. Brilliant. That is the most that is the most quintessential Sean line ever. Like taking something, a well-known phrase, and then like just going like you know, it has to do with food, like it was like potatoes au gratin or yep. some shit like that, right? And that it's it's those little lines that we get throughout this series, and especially this episode, um, you know, that I love. And then we really get some great clashing here between Sean and Henry. Where Sean's like, it's not fair. You're holding me to a higher standard. And Henry goes, what do you mean? He goes, you hid my Easter eggs five feet underground. I left loose dirt to indicate a fresh dig. Yeah, with a camouflage tarp and broken glass. That, that was, was the a giveaway. giveaway. <laughs> it took me three weeks to close the investigation. I was eight. Just so you know, there's two eggs you still haven't found. A fucking hysterical. Right. Like, just a great back and forth. And of course, it's classic Henry, you know, you know, doing doing the hats thing with Sean. But like, I don't know. Like, I know I, I like to say prick Henry a lot, but the idea of him like going to this extreme to hide Easter eggs fucking awesome. cracks me up. I oh yeah. It. It's fantastic. You should do it with swaggins next year. No oh, broken she- glass, but right, right, right. Well, <laughs> She'd be like, yeah, she she would she would figure it out. She that kid is is fucking smart cookie. Um, but so Sean and Gus decide they're gonna go rogue. Uh, and you know, throughout the course of them, you know, starting to put the pieces together, Sean's like, Well, there's no ransom demand. And I don't think he's not convinced that this is a kidnapping, the pieces just aren't adding up. Um, and he finds a clue when they're snooping through uh, the mi- uh, the missing girl's apartment. They find a little coin, and uh, you know they they go to um, whatever wherever it is that Jules is working. City Hall, City Hall, and uh, they present it to her to try to rope her back into the case. Yeah, they try to do a good job of coaxing her out, and Sean, you know, kind of tries to play on her emotions. They, you know, the ever so slightly darkening of the hair. Yes. Like, <laughs> They're very on to that she is not ready to return, but they're going to try and actually get it out of her. But she is obviously interested in the case, and she does give them key pieces to it that it's a Hong Kong 1978 dynasty or something like that yeah. kind of coin. And it not only that, it's counterfeit. Yeah, it's a Fugazi. What's a Fugazi? The ring. No, what's Fugazi? <laughs> <laughs> little Donnie Brasco joke there. Um, so we learned that the triad vault gangs are involved and lassie gives the guys a warning about this and what i wait a love, second do you have I, I didn't look farther down in the notes do you have the uh the, the triads joke i do i do uh, do we get to but, it now because it's my favorite yes yes so let's see athletic gangs <laughs> athletes <laughs> Chinese athletes. So here we go. So like this is great because one of one of the things I love in this particular episode is Sean a hundred percent either underestimating or just being too fucking stupid to like about who you know who the triads are, what they're all about. He's just so nonchalant about it. And so like like Lassie's like trying to say, like, you don't fuck with these guys. And he goes, So you're saying the triads are involved. Athletes, Chinese gags, 
Athletic gangs of Chinese men. Very serious gangs. How do we speak to the triads? And Lassie's response here fucking kills me because it's the it's it's the way he delivers the line, Billy, and it's the look on his face where he says, You don't speak to the triads. Yeah. Like <laughs> but my favorite is like he's thinking of triathletes. Yes. <clears throat> like in a triathlon. Yes. And the fact that he's like to make that leap and then to go and like decipher it to other things. Oh, athletic <laughs> like groups of uh Chinese athletic people. Like it is fucking it is high comedy. It, it it really is. And I've said this time and time again. It's Sean's delivery that's half of his comedy. Mm, athletes. And, right. His, his his facial expressions, the way he delivers his line, his timing, like that that exchange right there is one of the funniest damn things. And then I remember when I was watching this, I was watching this actually ahead of when we did the season finale with uh, with Jacob, and I'm laying in bed, and I just texted you in big, bold letters. You don't just speak to the triads. You know, I had like, no idea what you are talking about either. <laughs> Hilarious, though. You couldn't fucking help me. So, so we now know that there's at least one Asian gang involved. So what do the guys do? Who do they go to? William? Ken. Yeah, the one Asian guy they know. Which is again okay. We're gonna we're gonna really lean into those Asian stereotypes. See, here. but this is something that you could get away with in today's yes comedy because they did it recently in an episode of Modern Family where they're playing to the sympathies of the Asian doctor taking care of their adopted child Lily. Yes, and she's like, "I'm from Denver." Like, yeah. so Ken is just a regular dude. He doesn't know much about his own culture, so that's funny. But like. The things that they bring up and the way that they keep doing things, it's a little over the top, but it's still a lot of it is still very passable and hilarious. Well, yeah. And even Martin family, like they also did it too. Like, cause the, the woman that you referenced, right. She drove into all the traffic bins. She did. <laughs> right. And then, uh, and when they first introduced Lily, I think it's Phil said, you know, Phil said something to the effect of, will she be able to say her own name? And and what's his name kept calling her a little pot sticker, right? Yeah. Like so they they definitely laid into it too, you yeah. know. Uh but anyway, so they go to they go to Ken's and and they're trying to get, you know, see if he knows anything. And uh he's just he's just like so pissed off this entire episode. But he basically what does Sean say? Um do you know who the triads are and are you friends with any of them? Yes. Like How many like, triads do you know and are you friends with any of them? Right, exactly. <laughs> and so <laughs> Ken basically says, well, there's this bar that I was never allowed to go near because mm. uh, my parents always said it was dangerous. Great. So they go there. And again, very nonchalantly, I just made up a word, nonchalantly, there we go. Uh, and brazen and stupidly, they walk into this bar and they just start yelling out like, hey, any triads here? Do you know yeah. any triads? Where can we meet the triads? And the bartender basically goes like, you know, you're going to die, right? And they clearly yeah. spot a triad and then fucking tail them. Yeah. And wait, we need to go back to uh, the, the office and get our nunchucks. Right. And so <laughs> they're, um, you know, they're tailing them. Um, and surprise, surprise, they get busted. They get mm -hmm. dragged to the uh, the the um, the golden triad leader, who is Mr. Yeah. Chang. Mr. He's the guy, the father. the father from the beginning, you know, from the beginning of the episode. So now yet yeah, we our suspicions are correct. He's a very powerful man. He's actually a leader of a very, very big gang. So the guys get out of a jam. You know, he shows them the coin. 
He goes, I gave that to my daughter. It's something very special between us. The and back while- and forth between him and Sean is very good, though, because he seemed kind of friendly in the police station. And then he seems like a certified badass. He's like, you wouldn't lie to me. You're the psychic. You tell me. And it's very like, don't fuck with me, kid. Yeah. And and, and he was very menacing. And he, and he did a very good job at it, too. It was very subtle. It wasn't. Wasn't anything over the top when we meet the leader of the other gang. Um, 180, really. Like, mm-hmm. here's, here's two leaders of the you know, these two rival gangs, and one was very menacing, and one is he's very much a peacetime, you know, uh, leader. But while they're while they're there in Mr. Chang's, you know, office, Sean sees a bunch of logos, mm-hmm. uh, so it looks like a dragon. And so, uh, um, this is the best part. They go back to Ken, <laughs> they go back to Ken, and so. We're not going to get into too much detail here uh, because I've saved some of these things for, for favorite moments. Uh, but essentially, Ken says, yes, I've seen that logo. It's at It belongs to a karate studio. And so the guys go. And I'm going to, well, you know what? You know what? Let's just, let's just do it because this might be, this might be one of the greatest scenes in psych history. Right. <laughs> so they get to the karate studio and so they walk in there and and you see a guy behind the desk and squirrely sh- guy too. A squirrely like guy moment one. You want to punch him in the face. And so they should be there to do some investigating. But Sean decides that he wants to fulfill a childhood dream. So he, he wants to sign up for classes. And the desk jockey mocks him and tells him it's for five to eight years old. And this might be you what know what I call that? And then Gus steps in discrimination and ageism. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you have a lawyer. I keep a lawyer on retainer at all time. Uh, and then he's like, fine, I'll see you in court. And then he goes, great. I'm going to need a statement from you. And as we plan to try this in both civil and criminal court, I'll need the police here as well. May I use your phone? Or do you only let the white people use that? <laughs> Who said anything about white people? You just, you just did. did. The words white people never came out of my mouth. There it goes again. <laughs> Thankfully, I had my hand on my recorder for that one. By the way, I'm now disclosing that this conversation is being recorded. Okay, this is crazy. Crazy? You want to know crazy? I shoot over 300 businesses alone. I shoot a hot dog cart and got everything but the wheels and the buns, which I won in the civil case two months later. Now, before I start snapping evidence photos, can you tell me which of these fountains I'm allowed to use? That one. I oh, mean, my God. You pick, sir. And just Gus in this moment, delivering those lines in, in, in perfect cadence um, is it was fantastic. And there's a moment where the, the desk jockey's got this weird look and Sean kind of pulls him back. He's even like, all right, you got it. <laughs> I know, but the words are coming out faster than I can, you know, <laughs> and 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 what's really funny about this is that there was a scene just prior where Gus was giving Sean the business about saying, <laughs> you can't give me stories anymore. I need it's basically George Costanza saying you made me a marine biologist. I'm in the Galapagos yeah. Islands. I don't, you know, playing with the turtles. You, yeah, I always knew I wanted to be an architect. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know my avenues, right? That's basically Gus here, right? He's 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 having his Costanza moment, and when John lets him have it, he fucking runs with it, and it was absolutely fantastic. And so the next the next thing you see is Sean in a gi. He's in this ah. cl- class like Kramer doing karate or mushu with all these kids 
And, uh, you know, so he's sitting there and he's looking around and he sees some sketchy looking guys in the background. And <laughs> again, one of my favorite lines, he goes, you focus. You have no, no focus. focus. <laughs> Why? Uh, and then, and then it's just, I find, and then, and just you see Sean, just he's all in, and then he ah. walks out afterwards. And he's like, I understand why my dad never let me take karate because he knows I'd be weapon. too dangerous. <laughs> so, you know, and then, and then the the best thing is like they're sitting there, Sean. He goes, goes, great. I just sat outside, uh, you know, you know, for two hours while you got to fulfill uh, a childhood you, dream. Fulfill a childhood dream. Um, and he goes, you want to take a class with the bad guys? And he goes. They are not the bad guys. The bad guys are upstairs. Mr. Wu is not affiliated with those hooligans. And I fucking love it. Every time he says Master Wu is not affiliated with those hooligans, I fucking piss my pants laughing. Since I told you I Every like time. this show, I think I've heard you say that the most out of any quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I really love about that, too, is even before that scene at the desk, it's a similar scene in the bar where Sean is just like, all right, you know, if I had like another week together to put a backstory together, I would have had a better thing for Gus, but right. I don't. So this is what I'm working with right now, right. which kind of sets up this <laughs> other one too. But then to your point, Gus just steps in on his own. Yeah. Like, Sean's kind of caught off guard. And then Gus is the guy that kind of comes in and saves the day for the team and gets yeah. them into the class. And it was absolutely fucking brilliant. And he's just, he is full Gus right there. Like he knows his avenues and it's like the perfect thing for Gus to just be able to like go right, just completely off the rails on right off the dome, just lay into it, you know, because legal jargon seems like something would be right up his alley. And so that whole karate studio scene just friggin' kills me. So they decide they're going to uh, set up a stakeout and uh, they find, um, a suspect, you know, parkouring, you know, into the building. Uh, the guys follow. Uh, they get into a, you know, a bit of a gang fight here. And this might, this, what happens next might be um, one of, Me it might be Megan's favorite scene of the series. So, like, they follow this guy into this warehouse. He's, he's, he's taking stuff out of a safe. And we get, you know, and there's a whole bunch of dudes that show up. There's this big fight. And then they all just start running. And they see, you know, the hooded guy that we see from the beginning of the episode, he sort of runs and scales up this fence like real, like a ringtail lemur, like Newman going after a fur coat. And uh, Sean just looks at Gus. He goes, I can do this. And he's going to attempt to fucking like hop the fence. And he runs full steam and he sort of jumps and he gets all fucking sideways. Side his, leg kick. It was an odd attempt at the wall. Yeah. And he and he hit the fucking the, the chain link fence and falls straight down. And I've never heard my wife laugh so hard uh, in my life. And she does every time uh, she sees that scene. And they they use it in the in the montage, you know, uh, when they're doing the, the outtakes at the end. and the outtakes at the end, uh, which is great. And so now now they're being chased by the other people there, and and we get to the apartment, Billy, and uh, we get a bit more information here. Yeah, we get the setup of what's actually going on. She wasn't kidnapped. She's pregnant. She's actually the daughter of the other leader, I believe, the Tan family. Yep. And he is the brother of the other family, um, Sang. Sang, yep. So, yep. <clears throat> you know, it's classic Romeo, Juliet, and it's even worse because she's pregnant, so they just didn't – she wasn't kidnapped, 
they left to kind of get away from the two families because if they found out, they'd probably both be dead. So it's kind of an odd scenario because it's also hilarious when Gus won't go in. And yeah. then he comes out and he's just been sending emails on the phone. Yeah. I need to stay busy, Sean, while I'm anxious. Yeah. So, oh, they go, go back to the police station with that info. And it's kind of unbelievable because they say she's not kidnapped. We do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, but then they go to the apartment there and there's evidence of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is now a ransom note mm-hmm. and both they're both missing. So, so you're starting to think, okay, was, was Sean actually being played? Cause that's what Henry thinks. Like this, this to me is, I never thought that by the way, on first watch. Right. But this, but that's what, you know, the cops think. that's what Henry thinks. This is part of like, sometimes where I give him the moniker prick Henry. Not that Sean has always deserved the benefit of the doubt uh, because he does, right? His character does have a tendency to rush to conclusions and he does make several missteps before he inevitably figures it out. Mm -hmm. But you would think sometimes his dad would know his son well enough that like he is really good at what he does and he may know what he's talking about, but he's like, you got played kid, you know? And so Sean doesn't want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he doesn't go by the books. Right. Right, and that's that's Henry Tuity always by the goddamn book, right? Um, and so, but now they're missing, or was it staged? Like we don't know, right? You know, we got it. We got to kind of think that okay, maybe you know. And now um, there's a picture of the girl too. Yeah, and she's all tied up and, and she's blood. So now you really think, okay, you know, maybe this guy really was kidnapping. They made this whole story up. But anyways, you know. Sean's now really desperate to to figure this thing out. And so now that he knows that the daughter uh, or sorry, that, you know, um, that the son is part of the other gang, he goes to the other gang's leader and tries to talk to him. And this is another this. I mean, this is where it is laid on the thickest uh, with, you know, the stereotypes and, 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 and doing shit that they couldn't. Uh, and just a real quick today. aside, because I forgot to put this in the quotes, but I think it happened on the other scene where Golden Triad's cut off hand, Sean. Yeah, but like one at a time. So we yeah. have at least like four chances. That <laughs> fucking killed me. Yeah. But the uh, fact that they go to the other one and then the perfect rule of comedy plays out in threes in this one. Oh, yeah. So so they're at the dragon. So it's the Golden Triads and the Dragon Triads. So... uh you know, basically what Sean does, he goes to the other gang leader and he's like, this, this is what's going on. And he's assuming the guy can't speak English. Right. So he starts, you know, <laughs> talking down to, uh, he does charades. Know, he does charades and they Good bring, Sean, Ken, that's three. They, they bring Ken back. And so he's like, uh, you know, and, and you can tell he's like, he's nervous. So he just starts rattling off. Then he goes, I get confused. Is it, is it, is it tan hand? Or Hantan, I get confused because the back of Yao Ming's jersey says Yao. Um, I love ping pong and General Gao's chicken and your version of checkers. <laughs> I find your fire drills to be immensely entertaining. <laughs> and then he goes, David Bowie's China girl. And he goes, Wushu under the tutelage of your people. And then he brings in Kent. And this line from Kent has always baffled me because it seems like this seems like something that I would say or have, you know, like when I've just maybe had a little much to, and I get excited 
and I just start like putting swears together that don't mm-hmm. have like any you know right belonging. Goes, he goes, goes, yeah, go suck yourselves. Oh, go suck yourselves. You're like that's an odd thing to say. Well, and I and I get you're not gonna say on a network fuck TV, yourself, yeah. go fuck yourselves. But I like, actually really did like it. Oh, I, I'm not hating it. I just it like, is a docism. It's like when he says it every time, it's just like that doesn't feel right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, and he goes, and then he's like, "Well, we brought you here to help us translate." And he goes, "I know nine words of Chinese, and most of those are numbers. I think it's and, six of them are numbers. Yeah, whatever it is, right?" And then they, they okay, just, enough. Yeah, right. I Sean, speak English. yeah, right. And then fucking Ken just runs away, and he's like, "There's a Chinese bun." you know, in the oven. And so, and that's when he says, and so, right. I get it. And so what we were talking about earlier, right. is like uh, the head of the golden triads, Mr. Chang, he's, he's no nonsense. He's very menacing. Mr. Hantan is like, he doesn't want war. He doesn't want bloodshed. Um, He can't get involved because if he does, that's just a lot of people are going to end up dying. Um, but what he does is he gives Sean and Gus the location of where, um, you know, everyone might be so they mm-hmm. can try and solve the case and have a more peaceful res- resolution here. Um, uh, and this end battle scene that happens is absolutely tremendous. Um, like we talked about earlier, the fight choreography, uh, was great. Uh, the music was great. And one of my favorite things is just Gus yelling out random, uh, you know, kung fu moves, uh, you know, to Sean moves. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic. So that uh, leads us really to the reveal. Um, if you want to take us through that, there, William. All right. So the reveal basically is that you know, um, uh, Tenno, who is the mean one, uh, is the guy that wanted to be in charge but he only works during a time of war so to get a time of war he had to fake the kidnapping to make is it sang the nice one yes right so sang they're tan. brothers sang and, tan and sang tan yep and they're brothers and he's the younger brother so it's Who's a, nice it's, and was chosen to be the leader even though he is the younger one that's what it is right and so he, he's good for a time of peace where Tenno is good for a time of war. Right. And so it's your classic. So it's like if, you know, uh, Prince Harry decided, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to be the next king. And, you know, anyways, right. We've had enough royal stock for that for this episode. But so Tenno, you know, like you said, he wants to he wants to be the leader. And so he 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 stages this when he finds out that uh, uh, Shang and um, the, the other girl um, are in love and that they're pregnant. And so this is his opportunity to do so. And um, I I thought it was a great story and I thought it was a great plot and just everything about this episode, Billy was fantastic. Yeah. I actually thought the plot worked really well. There weren't many plot holes um, other than the brother kind of finding them, but I think Sean kind of like led them to him. So it kind of all makes sense. Yeah. Worked out very well. I thought they were all cast very well, you know, Tenno did look very menacing and saying looked very nice. Um, yeah. So it worked out well. Uh, I thought, and like, I'll just get into it now. The fight at the end, it's kind of like the classic, like big show versus like Ray Mysterio. Yeah. It's unbelievable, but they did such a good job 
in having Sean get in just the right and enough kind of offense where it was believable that he could hold him off long enough till Juliet showed up. Yeah, because it was a lot of makeshift stuff. It's like pushing the punching bag into mm-hmm. him, and it's sort of running around. Just survive. He and... didn't really get any real offense. In. Yeah, yeah, he just survived, and it was it, was, like, it that goes to the choreography because it was believable. And Sean and Gus is you know taking droplets of water, trying to revive uh, <laughs> Shang Tat so he can get in there and actually you know uh, and this... do, do some damage. And like they're not killing anybody. I no. don't think. Yeah. Like, that I never thought even at like the worst that Tenno was going to kill him. So right. like, it, it didn't make sense that like he wasn't going to like just beat the bag out of him. He was going to have fun with him until he, you know, knocked him out and still could get away with his plan. Right. Tie him up, put him somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. So uh, let's, let's jump to the Thundercats. Ho. let's, let's dig into some of these memorable moments here. Um, so I, I, you know, we, we talked about the karate studio that for me was like, Oh, it was the best. It was the, the it was the scene of the episode. But when you're at Ken's house, and you know they're they're paying Ken, so like they need Ken's help. They fired him, and they're like, "How are we going to pay him? We're going to pay him with gratitude and, and life, life lessons. lessons." Think of it as uh, an unpaid two year vacation. Uh, and then Gus asks him uh, one last thing: What was the end of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? See, that was that was crossing the line. Yeah. Um, and Ken, how many triads do you know? And are you one of them? Right. Like, so just, <laughs> that's the are you one of them? Yeah, which was absolutely fucking great. Um, uh, I wrote down here anytime Sean does karate things, absolutely his face me. in the class is one of the, the funniest best. images of the show. Like, yeah. not even of this show, of the show, because he's just like fucking living the dream. Yeah, because he's like, he's serious. We can also like there's this weird wry smile on his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just like it that is like his facial expression is like the epitome of joy. I gotta see if I can find the photo while we're doing this because yeah. it's so good. Um, you know, so him trying and then the scene with them like trying to go stealth into the warehouse when they first meet Tang San. Um and like he's trying to sneak through the fucking window and Gus gives him ten fingers and just oh, launches crashes him just right through through. the grass. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, we talked about the Dragon Triad headquarters stuff. And then what what Sykes never done, I think it's the only time they've done it, the montage at the end of this episode. Yeah, it was. I, I always kind of forgot that that was in this episode, but I liked it. Yeah, it was great because you just, you see them laugh. The best is like Sean, taking Sean like five minutes to buckle in his seatbelt. Because mm-hmm. you've all been there, you try to pull it and it gets... Zip, zip, zip. Yeah, so like Swaggins is discovering this now because she can actually buckle buckle herself in uh, to her car seat, and she's sitting there, and you just see this the struggle is very real where she's trying to pull it and it gets caught, you know, it's the seatbelts do, and then and then it's twisted and she can't, and she's trying to put it in upside down. She's just <laughs> fighting with the thing. It's it's adorable, uh, but it's stuff like that and the bouncing off the uh, off the wall and off the fence, uh, the, the the chain link fence there. It's like that was great. I wish I wish they had done more outtakes uh mm-hmm. throughout the, the outtakes series. they have online aren't good either i've watched a bunch yeah like this this was perfect so mm-hmm. uh anything else that stood out to you that you really enjoyed no i mean all the moments in the warehouses like where the the criminal activity was going on i thought were exceptional like we said ken's house but you know just like kind of scrubbing through the episode here yeah like, i mean it, it kind of boils down to just like the ken stuff 
and like the stuff in the warehouse that I think is like top tier psych. And of course the karate studio was probably the definitive moment. Oh, hands down. So who is your favorite character in this one? I'm going to give it to Gus. Yeah. Gus was great. I mean, I went Sean, uh, because of all the karate stuff, but I had, I had two runners up. I mean, I thought Ken was just a go suck yourselves. Oh, go suck yourself. Right. And, and then him just sort of, you know, always being wildly offended at everything that they say. Uh, but Master Wu, I had to throw Master Wu on there. Why you lack focus? You lack focus. You know, and he's so like stern and John just like eating everything up that he says, you know, he's associated with those hooligans, like just, just the best. Um, no Woody in this episode, a disappointment though, even though he's now on the cast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, uh, there's not a lot of Woody in this season. We get, we get a bunch, but then. Once we get to uh, last night, Gus, and I think mm-hmm. season season six, get a ton of you know what from man. that point on. Uh, but yeah, Case didn't call us. Uh, wait, Case called us. Call collect. collect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then oh, this was I forgot about this. This fucking back and forth between Sean and Gus at the beginning, uh, where. You know, he learned how to fake his death. Yeah, he's like, oh, don't do that. Now he's gonna tell us that Michael Jackson is still alive. He learned to fake his death from Lisa Marie. That would imply Elvis is still alive. He died two years ago, Sean. I told you that. Is there is there no end to your gullibility? That is my favorite part too. Is the is there no end to your gullibility? Yeah, it's just again, it's a classic Gus thing, right? Like, of course he would be all in on Elvis still being alive. And right. I think this is the <coughs> the best joke maybe of the season, definitely of the episode. You're saying the triads are involved. Athletes. Yeah. Chinese <laughs> gangs. Athletic gangs of Chinese men. Like the progression of the rule of three of comedy. Hilarious. They also use the rule of three in going to Ken twice to his house and right. then like calling him in. It's it's perfect the way they work it in. It's it's a brilliant episode from like a structural comedy standpoint. Yeah, it's just they they hit it they hit it you know at every point. Um, that's why my dad never let me take karate as a kid. He knew it'd be too good, too dangerous. One moment I'd be mastering the high kick, the next moment I'd be hiding a beating heart. I'd, I'd be holding a beating heart in my hand. It's wushu, Sean. <laughs> it's delicious. It's what it sounds. <laughs> Gus, those are cleaning supplies. That's <laughs> a great moment too. Right. Uh, oh. And then- <laughs> when 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 uh Shang Tan says you're part Chinese, Sean, you'd understand. That's great. You told <laughs> like, me you were part Chinese. Uh, uh one word, West Side Story. That's three That's words, Sean. Sean. And uh I've made it through all seven levels of Shaq Fu. And Gus can attest to that. Yeah, which is like absolutely great. So let's let's bring this one on home, Bill. Let's 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 get into the creamsicle here. Yeah, not no um no pineapples, no descriptions of lassies. Gus, don't be the tin tigers of Canton. That's a reference. That I have no idea what that reference is. Uh, um, one of the one of the great <coughs> nicknames though. Ah, man. Yeah, John <laughs> Jacob Jingly Smith. We used to share the name, but I changed mine when because uh, people every time I went out, there was people shouting. I use this all the time. Anytime somebody talks about a name change, they're like, "Do you know that I actually changed my name?" And they're like, "Really." What was it? I was like, John Jacob Jingly Smith. So I had to change you, the name because of all the people shouting when I went out. 
You say your, your name is John Jacob Jingler Smith? <laughs> I love when he goes, that's correct, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Henry, father slash dick of the year moment. I wrote, it begins. Uh, but Henry's intentions are true, but just a bit of dickishness in there. Like I, I can't fault I can't fault Henry for anything other uh, yeah, than exactly. other than that one part was like maybe he should have given Sean a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. Um, you know, let Swaggins tangle with the triads. I tell you, she could handle her on. She's, <laughs> she's got legs like sequoias, right? <laughs> she knows wushu. <laughs> she does no wushu. She knows. She knows. Uh, walk up to Daddy and punch him as hard as she can in the stomach. That's what she. <laughs> I said, uh, Violet, my belly's getting too big. I gotta, I gotta start eating better. She goes, No. I said, Well, why do you say that? She goes, I need something to hit. I go, Oh, thanks. Aww, <laughs> that's adorable. Uh, we got some uh, obscure references here. We've mentioned um, a few of these: uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt Yao Ming. I spelled Ming wrong. I was just gonna um, say that's the worst spelling of Yao Ming I've ever seen. It's just I put, M-I-N-G. <laughs> yeah, I put an H there, right? Uh, <laughs> It might have been late when I was writing these notes. Crouching Tiger, Shaq Fu, mm-hmm. uh, David Bowie. But we got a Kenny Baker reference and an Elvira reference. Kenny Baker Ooh. being uh, R2-D2. That was great, the back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Why Why wouldn't it be R2-D2? His name is Kenny Baker. He had a picture. <laughs> and then Sean subscribes to the uh, or Elvira, like, messages him as well. Right. <laughs> um, how many pineapples, William? I'm going to go 7.4. I don't know. This is so tough. This is probably the toughest one because I love this episode, but there's at least four episodes off the bat I like better than this in this season. Minimum three. That's why I went 7.5. I'm going to go 3.5. Yeah, because like there's going to be – there's definitely an eight in here. Um, oh, there's a, I not think there's the at least two. Yeah, Maybe three. It, not counting the finale because I don't get the finale in, eight, uh, in this one. Um, but, you know, this gives me some li- some wiggle room so I can throw a couple in there. But like I said, uh, rating this season is going to be difficult. Um, and- It'll be the most difficult, I think, because in season six, there's a couple of meh episodes. I, meh. I wouldn't call them meh, but like, yeah, they're just like, okay, yeah, that was fine. We get we get a lot more of those episodes from season six through season eight than I think mm-hmm. we've gotten. You know, like I would say, like when they less hit, than you they think, hit. but there are some. Right, I would say it's not quite the amount of misses you get from say seasons one and two. Yeah, um, but it's somewhere you know somewhere between three and four, four and five. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but anyway, so seven and a half for me, seven point three five from Billy's really. Uh, Splitting hairs there. Uh, so with that, come on, son. Come on, come on, son. Come get on, that out of here with that bull. Um, <laughs> and we, we got, got first week? one of those last uh season. Um, when next week we have, I don't know, like this is this is one of the ones I go back and rewatch probably the most, yeah, because it's got one of the best dynamics because it's you know, it's uh mixed doubles here. They split the teams, they're just giving them away, giving them away. John, they're giving them uh, Gus, they're giving the double downs away. Hamburgers. Uh, <laughs> Dry drowning. Beachside Pilates. Yeah. Feet don't fail me now. Um, you know, what is it? Uh took a nap, had a snack, watched a little Phineas and Ferb. I'm kind of yep. tired. 
Yeah. Like yeah, it is, it is a quintessential psych episode. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's got a great case. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do this one and then we'll be on hold for another week, but we're coming back strong to incredible episodes. Yeah. And, and what I love about this too is this is the second time in the show where Sean has seen Gus do something that he had no idea he could do and it blows his friggin' mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe Dulé Hill is a very well accomplished tap dancer. Like, oh yes, he is. He's 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 very good. So, and and the dynamics with him and lasting this episode is absolutely tremendous. So, uh, Billy, before we call it a night, where can the people find us? Everywhere that you want to be, including all podcasting platforms. Um, but go to Facebook. That's where you can find the Dork Shared Universe. And you can find us, TLDR. Those are the side podcasts that we have that are main podcasts. Well, that one and this one are your, are your podcasts. <laughs> My other one is PCP. Then Fryer's other one, he's on TLDR, is Change My Mind. Then we have the heavy hitters of the DSG, the namesake, Dork, Mac and Goo. And I believe that's it for the podcast as of right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if them toy boys, you know, ever make a comeback. And then um, the streamers are yourself, Backcracker. I've seen you back at it recently. Yeah, a little bit of getting my ass kicked in Madden. Yeah, uh, we all do. Know. <laughs> Happens. But yeah, we, we're not really streaming much anymore. But, we're you know, from time to time, we'll get some Mario Kart out there or, or whatnot. But uh, yep, yep. Go to go to Facebook, smash smash the like button, you know. And subscribe or whatever you do there. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. go on you off know, <laughs> right follow you can follow us on apple podcast you can follow us on um on twitter at dub pineapple boys um and you know rate review and subscribe you know yeah so you know we gotta add that we gotta add that to our little spiel here yeah give us give us five stars give us five pineapples you know uh really help us uh you know you know grow the show if you will so billy until next week my friend Wait for it. That was Rossi S. Frank says hi. <laughs> He's going to click the button.